Hello and welcome to another episode of the Hospitality MD Podcast. I'm your host, Kyle, and today we have a great episode with Kylie Kruger. She is a guest services manager at a Hilton Garden Inn hotel in Oregon. She and I are going to be discussing her experiences working in Oregon through the wildfires that ravaged the West Coast in the summer of 2020. Admittingly for Kylie, working through these multiple crises have left her wondering what her future holds in hospitality. Stay tuned to hear more from Kylie Kruger on today's episode of Hospitality MD. And before we get started, please remember to leave us a review if you are listening on Apple Podcasts and to share this episode with your hospitality family. Remember, learn more about Hospitality MD and our services that we offer by visiting www.hospitality-md.com. Enjoy today's episode. Kaylee Kruger, welcome to Hospitality MD Podcast. So glad to have you on the show. Uh, for everybody listening, Kylie is uh, a guest services manager at a Hilton Garden Inn in Oregon. So I reached out to Kylie a few weeks ago because um, you know she she made a Facebook post in um, a hotel front desk Facebook page that really caught my attention. And before I introduce that. I do want to give Kylie an opportunity to introduce herself and, and we can learn more about her. So Kylie, thank you again for being on the show. Thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, you know, you're a guest services manager now, right, at a Hilton Garden Inn, but you haven't always been here, I assume, right? So why don't you tell us a little bit about your, your hospitality story, if you will, and give us a little bit of context about who you are. Um, so I started at a double tree in South Bend, Indiana, just as um, a front desk agent. I really didn't know much about hospitality. I just kind of needed a job to pay my bills. And um, I had a friend that um, his dad worked at the hotel as the restaurant manager. So he kind of helped me get in and get my foot in the door. Um, and I kind of just learned there like the basics of, you know, computer and hospitality terms and and just like the back office side of it that, you know, guests usually don't see or understand, um, which gave me like insight on hospitality. Um, and then from there, there was uh, Embassy Suites in South Bend opening up right across from Notre Dame's campus. And so I applied there as a front desk um, agent. So I started working at the Embassy Suites. Um, they really showed me basically just how hospitality um, works as, you know, someone who has a hospitality heart. Um, the management was very strong in their um, guest connections and just making sure everyone was happy. So that was like a really big step for me to see what hospitality was like in a version uh, with the guests. Um, and so I worked there for about six months um, and that was really fun. And I filled in a lot of shoes and got to work in like a bunch of different departments, um, which gave me 
more experience than the first position that I held, which was just, you know, a little bit of basic knowledge. Um, and then I relocated from Indiana to Oregon just by my own choosing and um, found the position at the Hilton Garden Inn as a supervisor. And I held that position for eight months and then promoted to the GSM. Awesome. Well, it sounds like you've had a very fun and fulfilling uh, hospitality journey so far. Um, that Embassy Suites, is that a Hilton corporate managed Embassy Suites? Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, so I'm from Chicago, and I believe right now um, my previous director of front office is actually task forcing there as, like, the director of rooms right now at that same hotel, I want to say. So that's pretty cool. Small world, I guess. Yeah, but it sounds like, from what I've heard from her, it sounds like it's a great hotel, and you echo those same thoughts. So maybe one of these days I'll have to go uh, make a drive and stay over there or something. (laughs) Great location. I love the property. I mean, I wish I kept telling them when I was moving, I wish I could pick up the property and all the staff that was there and drop it in Oregon because they were just so great. And we were just such a big team and family. And, you know, the communication was there on all departments and it was just a really fun place to work. So would you say that that was like, I mean, it sounds like you, you were in the same position technically in terms of you were GSA at the Doubletree and then the same position at the Embassy Suites. But based on what you're saying, it sounds like you just like completely grew like at the embassy suites far more than you did at the double tree. Yeah. Um, Was it the team primarily? I think so. Um, I had a really great GM and a FOM. Um, they, my GM was constantly on the floor greeting guests when they were coming in asking, you know, do you need help carrying your luggage upstairs? Even though we weren't, you know, we didn't have a valet, we didn't do, you know, carrying luggage and that sort of thing, but that was, you know, going the extra step. And, um, that first opening week we had like, you know, issues with water and, you know, things that couldn't be foreseen, you know, when you're full house compared to no one being there and, you know, not all the water being ran. So, um, seeing him, you know, be frontline when guests were coming down upset and he was, you know, talking to each one of them and seeing how he approached it. And I think they were also great mentors computer wise, like showing me, Oh, well, there's this way to do this, you know, and showed me a lot of, me a lot of tools, um, to grow as hospitality and hospitality. Yeah, you know, um, it's honestly like as ironic as it is, it's it's so atypical that you would find a GM who's like so actively involved at a full service hotel. Because I feel like at most of your, you know, full service, like your Doubletree or Embassy Suites, it's like rare that a GM would step in and be constantly a guest facing and team facing mentor. I've had a lot of GMs who just are in their office and you never see them. Um, And it certainly does make a difference in how the team feels and like the morale and everything. So um, that's awesome that you got to experience that from, from a GM, especially for such an awesome opening. Um, Cool. So you, your current role, right? you've obviously been there through the COVID-19 pandemic. Did you get furloughed or come back? Like how did that all look for you once this all started? Um, yeah, so I was furloughed for about six and a half months. Um, I was actually on my vacation in Florida when, um, like things started to hit the fan in the U S um, I was worried I was going to get stuck in Florida. And then, um, the day I got back to Oregon, 
um, we were closing the hotel. So I was literally at work for one day, helping them call guests and canceling reservations and that sort of thing. Um, so, uh, we just opened, I think in August back up and that's been a hard transition as well. So, um, I'm just actually just genuinely curious because when I closed my hotel, we were calling our guests to cancel the reservations. How far in advance did you like stop before you just said, okay, we've called enough people? Um, I think we did May and June and then okay. um, getting a PPP loan. Is it or the PPP loans? Um, okay. they brought some staff back, but basically the staff just stayed at an empty hotel for 40 hours a week. And sometimes there's stuff to do, like call the guests for, you know, upcoming reservations for those months in July and near August. But yeah. Yeah. I did that as well uh, in the hotel alone, basically with nobody there, basically just to secure the building essentially and to answer the phone if anybody needed anything. Yeah. (laughs) it was definitely a very depressing period of time because like we thrive on like guest interactions. It's like, you know, every time it's like busy season and we're sold out every night, it's like, Oh, I can't wait for slow season. Like, it's just so draining. Like when the hotel's sold out every night and you know, all these guests now it's like, I feel like I'll never take that for granted again in my life. You know what I mean? Like I'll always be like, Oh, we're sold out. Perfect. This is great. Cause when the hotel's literally at zero and you're working, it's a different kind of like weird and, and depressing state to be in. Um, but, you know, you said that you recently opened back up and you've experienced a new set of challenges. What what has been part of the challenges you've experienced recently? Um, so uh, in Oregon, we had the Oregon fires, of course, right when we opened up. So I think it was like a week prior to or a week after we opened up that um, the fires started. And so we dealt with um, a full house, basically, of evacuees. We had um, an assisted senior living home with us, which that was a nightmare. I mean, if you can imagine 74 seniors who all need assistance, um, each in rooms and their staff needs one um, key to each room because they can't, you know, keep track of 60 different keys and we had to reprogram all the doors They The seniors are calling from their phones down to the front desk. So we're relaying messages to their staff. Um, that was quite a challenge to hurdle. And um, the reservations, you know, they were just coming in like last minute, you know, these people were calling like, Oh, I need, it was like a red cross call. And they'd be like, I need 40 rooms, you know, for today, you know, and they don't know when it's going to check out. Um, that was just, a lot of reservations at once. So I did end up working a 24 hour shift one night um, during that time, which was extremely hard. I think I were 24 days in a row without a day off during the fires. And then on top of COVID restrictions and wearing face masks and more sanitizing. Well, and then like you have less people too, right? Like you still hadn't gotten back everybody that was originally furloughed, correct? Absolutely. We're um, about a 60 person staff um, hotel and we have less than 10 people right now. And it's still been that way. Oh my God. That's crazy. Yeah. And like, I'm acting surprised I shouldn't be because it's like happening all over the country and maybe the world. I don't know, but like, I shouldn't be surprised, but 
every time I hear stories like this, it completely blows my mind that owners are even allowing this to occur. Like it's so negligent. Like you have, you know, so was this nursing home? Was it like they got damaged in a fire or something or like the smoke inhalation was too bad? Um, They they were actually like evacuated. Their city was evacuated. So the um, Oregon fires came from the East side, which it started approaching like the Valley where everyone lives. Um, So once they got to like the Valley area, they have like evacuation codes. So basically level three, you have to leave the city. You have to pack up whatever you can as quick as possible and leave. Um, and that's where their where their place was located, where their residents were located. They had to evacuate. There was no choice. And they actually said that our hotel was four hours away from them. And that was the closest hotel with enough openings for all of their seniors. Wow. That's like really like apocalyptic sounding. Like it yeah. gives me- vibes because like in downtown chicago we don't experience like natural disasters like this right but like after seeing like pictures like i saw pictures where like the whole sky was just like red basically and everything was red yeah people are driving for you know four or five hours just to find a place with rooms and then the hotel staff is only a skeleton crew like it sounds like a effing nightmare basically (laughs) I mean, wow. I can't and, imagine how that you've been through. Yeah. And meanwhile, like at home, I had my stuff packed up, you know, just in case the fires got too close to us. So like, I'm worrying about, you know, my home and we had, you know, the air quality was toxic, um, in my city as well. So we had about, um, 400 to 500 was the quality of air, which is hazardous and so meanwhile you have all these evacuees people were still coming into town dropping their kids off at school and um you know whatever various reasons they were traveling and their comments about the smoke were just um kind of asinine like people were complaining about it as if it was our fault as if the whole state of Oregon wasn't on fire it was just our city <laughs> so guests were like coming to the front desk and like the same way that a guest might complain that like the, the shower is clogged or something or whatever. They were complaining that the air quality was poor. Yeah, exactly. And you know, the doors are opening constantly. So smoke is getting in. I mean, my own apartment smelled like smoke, like it smelled like campfire basically everywhere. And so, you know, that just wasn't a good smell in the hotel and people weren't happy about that. And people weren't happy that, um, you know, if you ran your AC, it would bring in outside air. So you would get ashes were snowing. So ashes were blowing into our hotel through these AC units and people weren't happy that they couldn't turn their AC on. And it's just like, it was kind of insensitive as meanwhile, 500,000 people in Oregon were displaced from their homes and whole cities were burnt down. So, yeah, like, be, like what you're saying now, like it makes it's starting to make sense why you you posted what you posted on Facebook. Now, before we get into that, I do want to, like, you know, I, I want to stop you in your tracks right now and see if you can dig deep and remember and just remind yourself why you stayed in hospitality, why you seem so passionate about it. What is it about hospitality that? you worked for 24 days straight without a day off without walking out and quitting. Why do you Um, It's the helping people. Like I'm a big, I, if I could have graduated with my social degree, 
um, which is what I was trying to go for. I would have, but um, hospitality is where I landed. And um, I still see like aspects of social work in it. Like um, there's a time, a guest that was from New Zealand left their passport in Portland. And I drove, you know, an hour to go get it for them because they can't drive in America because it's on the opposite side of the road and they aren't used to it. So it's just, you know, going above and beyond for people that are in need or, you know, helping those people um, like the fire evacuees. It really makes me feel good about myself and I enjoy helping others and putting a smile on their face. Yeah. Cause it's, um, you know, when you, when you talk about like your, hotel you know in the midst of these fires like you were almost like a like a safe haven for all these people like a rescue center almost like you may as well have been like a hospital or like a red cross center because you guys were like literally like a refugee camp just taking people in and helping people so your hotel was really just a backdrop to this disaster almost but in a positive way did you feel that at the time Oh, absolutely. Like, I mean, me and my HR um, coordinator of the area, which I mean, I had a, I have a great team now. So I have, we have multiple hotels in Oregon. So people from the other hotels will come and help us out. And that was really great. And um, she, you know, expressing, you know, we're happy to be able to help these people and give them a room to get into. And we were getting donations from our community that we're bringing into our hotel. So we had a table in our lobby at one point that was filled with food donations, pet supplies. I mean, anything that people could need um, that they didn't were able to grab at home. Um, we had for free in our lobby that anyone could take. That's, that's beautiful. Honestly, that the, that the community would come together and also just to recognize that like, like instead of bringing these items to say like a, a church or something, they bring it to the hotel because I guess even in that moment, they recognize that that would be the place that would be able to benefit the most from it. Um, so let me introduce the Facebook post that you made because I, I, you know, I think it's telling like given how passionate you are, you know, given all the positive things you've had to say about the industry, you, you still, you know, obviously were feeling bad about it at one point. So let me read this out loud. So this is uh, Kylie Kruger's Facebook post in um, one of the hotel Facebook groups. And for anybody listening, who's not a part of one of these hotel groups, just reach out to me and I'll let you know which ones to join to keep your uh, finger on the pulse here of the industry. So does anyone else feel like their mental health is deteriorating with the amount of complaints and angry guests with all the changes and also dealing with anti-maskers and people complaining about anti-maskers on top of every damn guest feeling the need to bring their political opinion up? I really am starting to hate my job. Damn, that's a big statement to make here at the end. Um, but I also don't blame you because that's like super heavy stuff um, to be talking about. So do you remember like actually writing and posting that? Yeah, I was at work actually. <laughs> so you're at the front desk, like on your terminal writing this out? Yeah, I'm like, well, I was probably in the back office, but yeah, <laughs> I was definitely, I think I was just at the point of where I'm, people keep throwing their political opinion and their their opinion about COVID at the front desk. And I'm not in a situation where I can control any of that. I'm here to enforce the mask mandate because that's what my 
um, state requires. And I'm here to, you know, make sure other guests are happy. And when they're complaining that people aren't wearing face masks and then people that are complaining about wearing face masks and saying it's political and it's all going to disappear November 3rd, it's just, there's so much divide. And you can see that with like in our society within just the people we face every day. Yeah, it's like the um, the hotel is like a microcosm of society because you have like all these people traveling from different locations with differing views on things, having to coexist within the same environment. Um, so that's got to be tough, right? And I've heard this a lot from hotel workers who feel like on top of everything that we're already going through, now we have to like babysit grown adults and tell them like put your mask on or hey we require masks in the lobby or you know these different kind of things do you find yourself having to do that a lot or have you given up on it like where where are you at with that right now so absolutely I'm telling people every day to put on their masks um I often use the terminology I feel like a toddler's mom telling them to keep their shoes on in the car um, just because it's, it's logical. You need it. It's, it's been mandated since July. Um, you need it in public. It's required. So don't take it off. Don't wear it as a chin strap. Don't, I mean, and you never know like which guest is going to be, has an autoimmune disease or is high risk of, you know, getting COVID and maybe they have to travel due to work or, um, they have to travel, you know, dropping their kid off at, you know, college or whatever they're doing. And then you have other people who are, you know, choosing not to follow and putting them at risk. I mean, whether you believe or not, that's, it's still mandated. So I just feel like, I don't know, it's, it's, it's a rough time to sit there and tell people who choose not to, and they have different opinions, you know, they do once you see that they don't have the mask. Um, yeah, I don't. Yeah, no, you, it, I, I totally understand where you're coming from. Like you, obviously you, you, you don't judge a book by its cover necessarily, but once it actually comes up, it's like, okay, you know, like it's almost like they're taking it out on you as if you're the one who has like drawn the, drawn up the proposal to actually have it mandated in the entire state. Like, not only is it mandated in the state, but globally through Hilton brands, it's mandated as well in all the public spaces. So if you want to stay at a Hilton hotel anywhere in the world, you have to wear a mask, whether you're a guest or a staff member. Um, so it's just really, really, really tough stuff. Um, so when you say that, you know, I'm really starting to hate my job, do you still feel that way? Or was that more so like an emotional response in the moment? Um, I, I don't more so hate it. I mean, that that's more of a feeling that you're getting so frustrated. You're like, I hate this, you know, but mm-hmm. I mean, I am, there are parts that I'm disliking now and I'm kind of feeling like, well, maybe I should, you know, go back to school and get my degree in something else. Or maybe I should look around because this, this is getting to the point where I feel like crying. I don't want to argue with people about wearing a mask. I'm, I'm not their parent. I'm not a police officer. I'm not here to enforce laws. I just want to be able to provide a good experience for my guests and um, be able to make their day. And it still feels like I, I can't even achieve that. You know, they're so disappointed with our restaurant not being open or our pool not being open or limited services. It's just 
no one's really happy at, at a hotel right now. Uh, that just really just, honestly, everything you just said there really just broke my heart. Like not going to lie because it's just, you know, when you have good people who really care about hospitality, like you said, like, you know what, all I want to do is just make a good experience for the guests and just like be happy. Like, like you remember the days when like everybody who came in, like maybe they didn't always want to be there 100%, like if they're a business traveler, but for the most part, everybody was glad to be at the hotel. There was at least some sort of positive energy, you know, I see what you're saying when you like, when you, it's almost like that positive energy is being sucked up to a certain extent with given the conditions of everything going on. Um, do you feel like it's too late? Like how long are you going to stick around before you decide to pull the trigger and do something else? Like, have you thought about this? Um, I mean, I kind of put some thought into it, but um, financially for just for myself and, you know, paying for paying my bills, I'm, I'm sticking with it just cause I know I make decent money and there's no way I'm gonna, especially in the climate that we're at now with so many people unemployed and needing finding a job is a little bit difficult right now. And, um, you know, I don't have a degree right now. And so if I were to go to look in my area, there's really like service jobs. So, you know, fast food or retail, which is going to be starting out at minimum wage, or, um, you can work for like Amazon, which I'm, I'm not going to do. I'm, <laughs> but just does not sound like a, a good me. So, um, it's, it's pretty frustrating. And, you know, I feel like the only option would be to go back to school and I just, again, financially right now, it's not the option for me. So it's just kind of trying to keep myself afloat right now. Yeah. Cause you could either be the mask police at a hotel, making a little bit more money, or you can go be the mask police at uh, a retail store making minimum wage. Like it's like, you're literally caught between a rock and a hard place essentially. Exactly. Um, well, you know, that's uh it's unfortunately too bad that you you know, are even feeling this way to begin with. Um, do you find that your team is sharing similar um, thoughts as you are? Have you talked about it with them or are you guys kind of just keeping it bottled up? Yeah. Um, one of my coworkers, she um, has been at the hotel longer than me and, and we have this discussion almost daily, you know, she's very frustrated and she, she also had a promotion um, that was ripped away from her and, say, I say that like so harshly, but you know, the hotel was closed and when they reopened it, they didn't reopen her position, but they offered her her old position as a supervisor at the desk. And so of course that came with a pay cut and, um, she didn't really enjoy being at the desk cause she doesn't like the, the intensity or, you know, that, um, you know, just the anxiety of any guest, you know, anything could happen. She prefers, you know, being at a desk and just doing her paperwork. So she's, putting together a resume and she's been at the hotel for five years and she says it's so hard because it's like a family to her. But at this point, her mental health and um, just her overall happiness needs to go first. And it's not happening at the hotel. So if you had to call on hotel owners, like upper management, your management company executives, like, on behalf of like everyone who's going through this, what would you want? What would help 
all the people like you and like your friend who are struggling with their hotel jobs? What, what could the owners do in your opinion? Um, I think owners should be more transparent with what they're doing with the corporate. Um, we've seen, you know, I, I'm barely allowed to order product for my front desk. So I'm like begging my GM when I need something, can I please put this order in? And I know his pay cuts, you know, he's been taking a, um, a lot of people have in my company, but we don't really see, you know, the financial, I still see, you know, money coming in. And so it's just kind of concerning. I wish we could see like more transparency on like financial aspects of the hotel. Um, along with, I think the hotel should be able to provide a mental health resource, um, for their staff because it is such a hard time right now. And the, um, sorry. No, that's okay. <laughs> um, the management, um, just, I think they, they took away a lot of benefits. You know, we don't have, um, those things that were morale boosters. You know, you, we had your care rallies, your, your stand up meetings in the morning, you had your, um, big deal award, which, you know, was your employee of the month or whatever. Um, your PTO now we can't cash out. We can't use our PTO that much. It has to be approved through corporate, which it used to be approved through the GM. And I used to be able to approve my staff. Um, so I think with all of those things being taken away, a resource for mental health is very important because so many people are getting burnt out and, um, you know, we're not able to afford it. We're, we're getting our pay cut and we're barely making ends meet. So it's just a lot. It's, it's just so, it's so disappointing that, that, you know, owners are just allowing this to, to occur. You know what I mean? And without even, you know, cause some hotels obviously are owned by like a, investment entity like a big company some hotels are owned by an individual owner but honestly if and i don't know i might get like some backlash for saying this but if i believe that if you're an individual owner of a hotel and you are burning your staff out giving people pay cuts but you haven't been you haven't set foot on property yourself to check people in fold towels strip rooms or do anything then you're a part of the problem and that's highly problematic in my opinion um but i guess that that part of it could be certainly a conversation for another day um i definitely on that though i mean our, my gm has gone you know above and beyond he's when we were closed, he lived at the hotel for three months. I mean, he's, he's putting his livelihood and his, his own life ahead or behind the hotel and putting, you know, the hotel is the center of his life now. I mean, he's dragging his kid in his kindergarten age kid in all the time. And I'm just, it's, it's sad to see that his whole life revolves around this hotel because we should, you know, work to live, not live to work. Well, and, and, you know, it, that's the, and I think owners might be exploiting that a little bit because when you, a lot of hospitality people, like your GM sounds like one of the most passionate people that I, maybe I would have ever met in this industry, honestly, like to be able to, to make the hotel a priority because he, maybe he feels like he's doing something for the greater good. And if he keeps running the hotel, he'll be able to bring more people back and, and help out the industry. 
Um, but he's doing that for owners who more than likely don't give a shit about him or anybody else. And that's the sad part. That's the sad part. If the owners haven't come to him and said, Hey, we appreciate all that you're doing for our, ho- our hotel. We know what you're going through, but they haven't. No owners aren't even setting foot on the own, the front door of their own property right now. It also makes like, and this is so bad to think, but I just keep wondering like how much of a pay cut they've taken. Like, you know, we're, we're sitting here struggling. I, I can see visibly the hotel is struggling financially, but I know like my corporate leaders of my hotel, they are very well off. They live in a different state. They live in California, have very nice homes, you know, they, they live well off. So while our, our staff struggles to even pay bills right now because they've taken pay cuts, like it just, it's just a very ill feeling, you know, just thinking about how people are struggling to pay bills and also are busting their butts. Meanwhile, um, we have no idea. And no, that's where, you know, that, that clarity needs to come in and they need to come in and say, this is what we're doing on our part, you know, cause we're, the staff's not seeing that. Right. Because for all we know, they could all be taking pay cuts and struggling themselves, but without transparency, nobody's ever going to know. And that's why you start to think, Right. You know, without that transparency, you start to think, wait, why am I getting a pay cut and busting my balls when like, you know, these corporate C-suite executives are still living the high life um, and, you know, not feeling the impact of this at all. But for all we know, they they very well could be. But if I had to guess, I'd probably say that they're doing just fine (laughs) because that's just what we're seeing just generally across the industry right now. but uh, but Kylie, I, I really appreciate you being so forthcoming and transparent about your own struggles, about what's been going on with your team. Um, I think your sentiments will help a lot of people uh, in this industry. Um, now, before we wrap up the show, I, I do want to give you the opportunity, if you have any social media accounts that you would want our listeners to connect with you and reach out to you, uh, you can certainly provide those um, if you'd rather not, that's okay too, but just an opportunity to plug if you want. I mean, absolutely. I mean, if anyone, if you want to share the Facebook group that I'm in, um, if anyone wanted to reach out to me on there via or message me, you know, Facebook, that's completely fine. I, I, I would love to be, you know, an open ear for anyone else who's struggling or, you know, is not finding hospitality, the place they want to be right now. Um, definitely. Cool. Uh, so yeah, definitely for everybody listening, we'll put that information in the show notes for today's episode. Uh, so Kylie, thank you again for being here and for everybody listening. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the hospitality MD podcast, and we'll see you again next week. Hospitality MD. Thanks you for listening to another episode of the podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, be sure to write us a review on Apple Podcasts and share this episode with your friends. Thank you so much for your support. And we'll look forward to seeing you again next week on Hospitality MD.